0: At the end of this episode, Dr. Buffington and I have a special announcement of an event we're co-hosting together in Dallas, Texas. Consume the content, get to the end, and come join us. This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Adele, and today I have Dr. Michael Buffington live from Dallas, Texas. How are you, brother?
1: I'm good, man. It's nice. Uh, Nice here. It's Dallas. We don't all ride horses, um, but it's good. It's good to be here. I actually
0: love Dallas, right? I shared this with you before. Like, if, If my wife and I could pick up and move anywhere, right now it'd be a real battle between Dallas and, of all places, Venice Beach, California. But probably based off the liberal nature, right? This is not to be too polarizing. I would probably lean into Dallas, right? It's central location, easy to commute, airport's great, affordable, diverse. I love Dallas.
1: Yeah, it's got all that. You know, it is, I kind of take for granted that I can pretty much get anywhere in the world direct. I mean, it is, it's literally almost anywhere. I don't know, I've probably taken two connecting flights in the last two decades, because you can just do that and you have that those amenities. And as the old saying goes, or so it's been told to me is I wasn't born here. So let me first put out that disclaimer. I wasn't born here, but I just got here as fast as I could.
0: That is a a brilliant way to say that. (laughs) But so doc, you have, I'll start with the chiropractic side of things, right? Like you've had an immense amount of success scalability, right? I you, I know you enough to know you won't admit to this, but I would say you have to have one of the largest chiropractic clinics in in greater Dallas?
1: Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm, I'm saying
0: you do The Motherfucker makes more money than everybody else. (laughs) Well, on the chiropractic side, like there's there's a lot of revenue there's, and that comes from an immense amount of client care, right? I've been fortunate enough to be down. I've seen the office. I've seen the structure, right? You've become tactical and an extreme nature in what you do inside the chiropractic world.
1: Yeah. You know, and again, I had uh, tons of good coaches and mentors and uh, then, and I put in a lot of work and really cared about the people. And I was always proud to say um, that it was, it was all referral too. So, um, you know, you couldn't really disagree with it. You could, you know, people could try to, try to chop it down or say it was about money or say that we were seeing too many people, but I was like, well, I guess you guys should stop referring to all of them. Like, what am I supposed to do? Turn them away or? figure out how to slow down and see less people and take care of less of them so you know it's kind of kind of a funny dichotomy there but uh, yeah we've been been really fortunate and we've put in work uh, to do it and I'm um, in a great community um, so very thankful.
0: yeah and how long has your, your practice been around for?
1: Wow well, in September uh, of course you know depending on if you depend on when this podcast airs in September, Uh, It will be 25 years. Yes, I I started here originally. This is the first place that I ever practiced, which is crazy that I ended up here in Rockwall, Texas, um, almost 25 years ago.
0: That's crazy, especially because when you see this on social media, Dr. Buffington's like 32. So he started practicing chiropractic when he was (laughs) seven,
1: eight. Like it's, it's it's really crazy to see how you've aged. Yeah. Well, uh, if you do, you'll see, I'm going to have to back up from the camera. If there's any photos coming from this, cause definitely I'm a little more, I'm a little younger on a podcast than I am on video. That's for sure. But <laughs> yes, I just celebrated this week. As a matter of fact, you know, this already, but I'll say I just celebrated my 48th birthday. So, uh, that being said, I was young at the time. I was 23 years old when I started in practice.
0: That's so crazy to have, especially in today's world, right? You found a career when you were in your twenties that you stuck to for 25 years. Like that's, that's almost unheard of. Like I think of 12 career changes I feel like I've had, and I'm only 35.
1: (laughs) Well, you could say I was dedicated and disciplined, or maybe I'm just boring. I'm going to go with the first, I'm going to (laughs) certainly go with the first,
0: but we talk about dedicating discipline, right? You, in your practice, you were you run or were running right. You've been able to grow and scale, and now there's other docs inside. Like you've you've built an enterprise system, really. But you were seeing how many clients at your peak per day. Like this this fascinates me. When I heard how many clients were coming in that you were pouring love into, right? Because it, this isn't a thing of like oh, just sit down and there's just an arbitrary. Like I'm gonna push on your shoulders and wait till your back cracks. Like there's science behind this. And you were seeing. Hundred plus clients a day.
1: Uh, Yeah. And it'll, it'll, it'll kind of freak some people out or they'll call me a liar or there's going to be a few people that maybe actually have a busier practice than I've had. They go, well, that's not that many, but we were averaging 180 a day. I was averaging 180 a day in six hours. So people can quickly do the math on that and say, that's impossible. There's no way to give good care all of those things. And honestly, I understand it. I understand what they're thinking. Um, yet back to the original, I was like, well, they were all referred. I mean, if I, it just the way it was uh, and it was taxing. I mean, that wasn't our peak days. That was our average. So there were times, you know, we saw over 200. And uh, so, yeah, that's, it's, uh, it was busy.
0: Well, Not only were you able to do that, but you're not a single guy you know, living living it up, right? You you live well, but you've got a family. You've got things that during this entire process of growing and scaling this this company to a seven figure chiropractic clinic, right? We don't have to get into the specific nature, but a very successful chiropractic clinic, you've got how many kids I won't say how many wives, but right. Let's let's hear some of the, the backstory. <laughs> I, I know only one wife, but what, what's let's get in the backstory of what bringing people up to who you are today.
1: Okay, yeah, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and luckily only one wife. Uh, now I do have one ex-wife as well, and that was from an early marriage. Uh, I was married at 22, and that was about a two and a half year marriage. Uh, well, it was two and a half official. It was one and a half. It was over. But all that being said, I've been uh, with my current wife, Paige, we've been married. Uh, gosh, next month will be 18 years, been together for 23. So that I literally that was the, the first serious relationship that I ended up in uh, after the, the first marriage. So I have Paige, I have uh, an older son who's 25, and uh, two younger boys almost, almost 14 and 12. So three boys. Wife, and you know, a few things going on, and uh, some chaos thrown in the middle at times.
0: Well, I think that's such an impactful place to be because what what I'm hearing that I'd like you to consider taking away as you're listening got a guy that was dedicated to his craft, that in my opinion has achieved a certain level of mastery. Right? We can negotiate back and disagree back and forth what mastery looks like, but have a, a very successful business where during that business, you had some recalibration in a relationship. You got married, but it hasn't been a linear, smooth, right? It's not like I just kept my nose down. I only worked my eight hours a day. I got home. My relationships were good. I had a my first kid after four years. I had my next kid after eight years, and everything was just just stair step, and it's perfect. Like now we're just we're just great.
1: Like yeah, like, it wasn't the Truman Show, if that's what you're getting at.
0: Yeah, basically. Like I'd love to know. The behind-the-scenes stuff, right? Some of the, the pieces, because there's this, right. I think you and I would both agree. Most people see where you're at today, right? Like whatever you think of me or, or Dr. Buffington, right? Michael, whatever you want to call him. There's this perception, like they they they've at the, they're at this place. Like, maybe you emulate it, maybe you want it, maybe you think it's it's the place to be. And like, man, I can't just snap my fingers and get there. Well, no shit, because neither. Did he neither am I like there's a whole bunch of mess prior to the moment that you're hearing this right now that we both had to sift through, you know, my mess, right? You, I'm sure I'm forgetting some pieces, but you know, the infidelity, the lies, the cheating, the failed businesses, the anabolic steroids, like my stuff's kind of all out there and not that you have anything crazy like that, but there's a story behind the story. Oh yeah. I want to know the story behind the story.
1: Okay. Well, how long do you have? (laughs) <laughs> this could take a while.
0: We can turn this into a multi-part episode.
1: The floor is yours. Uh, you know, I'll start with the cliff notes and then you, we can decide if we dig any deeper or not. But, you know, I, I mean, I was dedicated and I, um, in a roundabout way, got clear on, on what I wanted to do. And once I did, I pursue that like everything. So I was able to graduate really quickly and did some accelerated stuff before chiropractic school that, that allowed that to happen. So at 23, you know, I'm here, 23 years, four months old. I'm in my own place with trying to figure it out. And uh, the rules of, of business and the game still in a young marriage that was, uh, you know, was definitely chaotic uh, for a lot of different reasons. And uh, in that, I mean, it, we kind of evolved, but then, then I started to have a little success. I mean, the, the marriage, unfortunately, was not one of those and we went through tons of hardships around that. Uh, and I don't know anybody, whether you, regardless of how the divorce happens, uh, I, I don't know, there, there's really to me, no such thing as a good divorce. You know, I'm committed to marriage and I believe that I was committed then, but I just wasn't capable. <laughs> I wasn't capable. Um, maybe she wasn't capable. I don't know. I'll just speak about myself. And, and so it, it ended up the way it ended up. And we had a, you know, one and a half year old involved in that. And uh, that that's challenging. Uh, that was definitely challenging on trying to be a father in a new business um, with her um, out of state um, a great deal of the time. And so it was. I was a single parent part of the time, and then I was a single guy part of the time. And, and either, either one of those on both sides was probably not a great situation because one time I'm drowning over here in Gerber baby food, and then the other I'm drowning in vodka Red Bull. So there wasn't a whole lot of in between for me. Um, so I kind of went hard and then, you know, from that, uh, kind of got my feet under me and started to have some success in in the quote business world, you know, in practice. And, And with that, again, that can kind of add fuel to the fire of, of some of the things and some of the things that I used to, to do. And while I was being a good steward and a good citizen in a lot of areas, and I think I was doing a great job in practice of taking care of people, still trying to figure the other stuff out completely. And, uh, you know, what that looked like and having season tickets to the Mavericks and spending a lot of time at the AAC and uh, down there doing doing that um, was a ton of fun, but uh, I'll, it was pretty chaotic at times too because of me <laughs> and, you know, running hard and staying up late and then coming back into the office and being on. It was, it was one thing I did always pride myself on as I I did not, uh, on the days I was in the office, because at some and really when I got to my peak, I was only in the office three days a week. So I was seeing those people, but it was just three days a week. And so I would, I would never drink on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, because I saw patients on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So and I got a lot of heat over that from some of my friends uh, over the years, like, man, how can you um, let that happen? Their common phrase is like, hey, don't let your Monday ruin your Sunday. And I was like, well, you know, I got a lot of lives at stake, or that's the way I approached it. I got a lot of lives at stake tomorrow. I can't be half ass. <laughs> I can't show up half ass. Like you may be able to show up half ass in your practice or your job, but I can't. Um, and, and nor just the way I operate, that wasn't acceptable to me. Now, the other times I would push the limits for sure and test the limits. So that's, um, you know, that's kind of where it all started. And then you begin to get more clear on what you're after and met a good woman who put up with a lot of shit for me for a while because uh, coming out of the marriage and being uh, in a position to never be told what to do again, I kind of rebelled and took on that approach to <laughs> to relationship. Like, oh, I'm going to do what I want, when I want. So I'm sure that was quite the shit show to be part of. Um, and she stuck around through through some of my I'll call that my adolescence and uh, what I was going through there and kind of, kind of sifting through and and finding myself again, really. And again, you know, we, I could just continue to go down that route, uh, Ryan, and just, uh, you know, y- you, you climb the ladder, but you're still kind of hunting and searching for different things. And, and it doesn't really matter at some point, the money that you make, you think it'll make you happy, but it won't. Um, and I, and that's something I could still struggle with today. You know, it, it, like my career continues to build if you call it my career and the things that I do, but you know, that's not what I really search for anymore. I mean, it's always a piece because it's a reality of, of life and the way we live it. But, uh, man, just a lot of soul searching and a lot of, a lot of late nights, um, staring at the ceiling, laying on the floor, trying to figure some stuff out in my head and my heart. And then uh, come in and then give people everything I had in the practice and, and really wanting even more than practice. You know, I love, love practice and caring for people, but that started to kind of change for me too, where I wanted to explore some other things. And, and, and I, it's crazy, I almost needed like another place to go. I felt a, enough level of mastery there that I could have just settled back and been super happy with everything, but it wasn't really about that. I'm not the guy, nothing against the guy that likes to play golf four days a week but it wasn't me. So I tried that path. I tried to drink four days a week when I wasn't at practice. I tried to golf four days a week when I wasn't in practice. I tried to do about everything for those other four days and it just didn't work for me. That's not, not who I am. Um, and I qu- quit trying to fit into everybody else's mold for that. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of where I, that's the really, 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 really cliff note version. I should, i I could probably tell some, uh, some more compelling stories from those days. Yeah. We got into a little more of the the anecdotal
0: pieces and parts, like the level of success and abundance that you were running at still do, but different, like you said, different value proposition, different things that are important now. Like if I recall some of the stories you've shared with me, there was a time of private jets and NASCAR pit lanes. And like, this isn't like uh, life was good, right? I was working hard. I had a family. It was like, ah, it's a Thursday. Why wouldn't I get on a private jet and fly to wherever to hang out with whoever and do whatever? Like that was commonplace, right? I mean, kind of.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, again, super fortunate. Just the people either through relationships of people that I took care of um, that want to extend that to me. Other other coaches and mentors, and then you know I paid attention. And, you know, and I save money and uh, some of them were in corporate positions where those things came into play more often. And yeah, I got to sit in suites at, at, in Daytona and Bristol and watch races with uh, and meet the likes of Coach Gibbs uh, numerous times and go to meet Richard Petty and stand and talk to him by his bus in the infield or sit on the pit box and uh, meet countless drivers and be flying out of the same airport, it says Dale Jr. and, uh, you know, Kevin Harvick and all those guys that race and all the guys that I loved watching race and still, still do, uh, Kevin at least race juniors retired, but yeah. And those guys are wondering who's, the, who's that guy over there? Cause they knew kind of everybody cause they are traveling 36 weekends a year, you know, with their teams and, and the line of private jets and everything involved to pull off what they pull off. And so, yeah, that was one of the, the, the perks, um, you know, it's really cool, too. You get the opportunity as a chiropractor once in a while. Somebody, whether it be a, a, a rock band or a NASCAR driver that's hit the wall <laughs> and isn't feeling up to speed or all these different things, some, once in a while somebody would, would want your services. And uh, so that would be another thing you would be called for. Now, it, I don't know that that was ever, it wasn't like I was the greatest chiropractor. It was just somebody that they knew. And so I got a lot of a lot of cool opportunities, a lot of cool opportunities around that. And and, and I, I just I paid attention and I was not afraid. I, I had a point there where I just thought that's the way it was supposed to be. I really believed, you know, that <laughs> those are the days I thought, well, of course I can do this. I mean, why wouldn't I do this? I'm a, a farm boy from central Missouri. I mean, we we all fly in private jets.
0: Well, of course, of course. Not. It's it's on me to ask a question that's not in sequential order, just popped in my head. Chiropractic care to me still has a little bit of a polarizing identity, right? There's a there's a chance Absolutely. that someone listening right now is like, oh, I've heard this so many times. Now, I believe in chiropractic care, so I have my own bias. I want to make sure I address it on the front side. I get adjusted and aligned, probably not as frequently as I, I should, right? But Probably more than, not. More <laughs> than just like, oh, I'm in pain, so I'm going to go, right? A little more frequent care than that. but. There's many people that say chiropractors quacks, right? It doesn't work. It's not a it's not a real doctor. It's not a real practice. It's not a real anything. Anybody could do it. I, we got to talk about that. I don't think we've ever had this discussion before ever between us.
1: Oh, it's great. You want to bring it up now? You want to go ahead and get me fired up and piss me off? That's I perfect. do it's intentionally. Well, you know, it's you know, there's there's doesn't seem to be a lot of middle ground with it. There's either people that um, love you and love it or despise you, hate you, distrust it. And the craziest part for me over 25 years is I've seen a lot of it both ways. And, um, you know, there's all, there's some certain professional biases that go on, but there's also um, just a lot of misinformation. And the crazy, you know, people are different. Chiropractors are can be different. So everybody's going to look at it as far as chiropractic, like it was the experience that they had. So if they've ever gone, whatever that experience is, which will be true with almost anything, right? Whatever their experience has been, that's what that profession represents. Like, Oh, all attorneys are, you know, sharks are all car salesmen are scam artists or whatever. And of course I could immediately offend some of them listening right now. And that it's not what I believe but there's a segment of people that believe that and it's not even founded on anything. It's just the feeling they have, a story they've heard, experience, or some of the craziest ones to me about all of it is I've even had patients that would come in the office and, and doing the consultation, they would say, hey, just so you know, I don't even believe in what you do. <laughs> now, when I was a rookie, I was like, I didn't know how to take that and respond now that I, I've done this a few times and seen over a half a million people like under my hands and counting. I would just say, well, okay, Mary, if you don't believe in what I do, let me ask you before we continue today, why are you even here? And they're usually like, well, this is my last resort. And I would still say, well, and still, why are you even here? It's it's crazy to me, right? So, so many um, uh, things get built up inside of someone's head. Yeah, we get some negative press out there. Um, they usually leave out a large part of the story. I mean, there's some tragic situations that occur, um, but but aren't there in everything and, and sometimes the the facts are not really displayed. So I get, you know, the biggest thing for me is that people uh I mean, it is a real um profession. They have, you know, the the degree of what we go through to get our license is incredible. It's not easy. People want to talk about risk. I'm like, well, if you want to assess risk, just let me talk to you about my malpractice insurance and show you that compared to my good medical doctor friends, the surgeons that I treat and all of my other general practitioners that I personally know or go to dinner with. Let me compare that bill because if you think the actuaries at the insurance companies don't actually know the risk, then like, they, I would not be paying these low malpractice rates if I was really the high risk that some segment of the population believes I am to take care of them. And then you go down to the whole kid paradigm. Why would you ever take care of kids? And you could, I mean, I could run this game like out there in a hundred different directions. And it all comes down to belief system, right? It's really chiropractic is so much of a belief system, like anything else, and it's really challenging to shift someone's belief system. My parents, ironically enough, grew up thinking chiropractors were quacks. Small town, my sister had a a back issue. Um, Actually, if I remember correctly, it started with her as a lifeguard. She was actually pulling somebody out of the pool in a legit situation and injured her back. She was a good athlete, good basketball player, and it changed her forever. And I remember my mom, they actually took her to her local chiropractor. And he told them what he could do. And because it involved some other additional benefits beyond back pain, because of this optimum function in your nervous system could impact these other things. Once he said that, they immediately were like, okay, this is total bullshit. This guy's a quack and never went back. And it's the irony of that. Of course, I've taken care of my sister for years now to To help manage that, but it really changed her life. And it was all just kind of an ignorance. And I don't mean that, I mean that in the true sense of the word. It was just an ignorance on, on what we do. And it was also maybe a little bit on the chiropractor and it could have been on me a thousand times too, for just a lack of explanation and giving somebody good information to make an informed decision. So, you know, I guess you have to say to each his own, but, uh, You know, I'm a firm believer in it. I live it. I don't just, I don't just do it right. It's not something you just show up and do and then don't receive it yourself. Same with my kids who have had it their entire lives. You know, my wife, you know, it's, it's really part of who you are. And that's true for most chiropractors. And I don't, I, as a, as a population, chiropractors truly care. Are there some wackos? Yes, I'm sure there are. But you know, <laughs> I think that's true in anything. So let's,
0: let's unpack that just for a second, if we can, if someone listening is considering going to a chiropractor, are there things they can look for? What can they expect as far as, let's say I'm not someone with a chronic illness, right? Like me, I, I can't, Sure, I think that would probably be debatable what sort of illnesses I actually have, but as far as I'm not in massive pain, I'm not doing anything like that, like I'm going for what I'll call health and wellness, right? I want to optimize my production, so that's why I would go. What should someone look for? What could they experience? What's desired outcomes? What's quote-unquote standard protocols if there are such a thing, right? Let's just assume that I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about and let you educate me.
1: Yeah, well, that was a pretty good frame, but you, you hit it. And I'm thinking, I mean, like, this is perfect. Because Ryan with life optimization, now you're all about optimization. That's really the premise is that we're optimizing the function of the nervous system. You know, if there's any interference in it, it's going to slow it down. It's going to affect it. It's going to, or speed it up. It doesn't matter which way. If it's not optimum, then you're not going to have the optimum result. Now, how do you know it's optimum? And that's what creates part of the, part of the issues. People are like, well, how do you know? Well, yeah. How do you know? And what most chiropractic offices are going to go through, you know, they're going to assess you whether. And there's various ways to assess it. Whether some people do scans, different kind of uh, scanning that's assessing the nervous system. Some people take films. We take X-rays in my office. Some chiropractors actually don't believe in X-rays, so you know they don't believe it's necessary. So, so, th- and I'm already starting down this path of wanting to give you a clear answer. But then when you have different practices that do it different ways, that's where it gets lost, right? Because then the public doesn't exactly know what to expect. It's just their experience. And sometimes even the political parties um, will disagree on what is your, like you said, standard protocol. What is the standard protocol? Well, there are certain standards and there's definitely ethics and there's uh, obviously state and national rules and regulations and around it. Uh, around the scope of it. Yet there's, there's still, you know, room between the lines there. And that's what creates some confusion. You know, ultimately like a person like you, that's not coming in. So many people come in for neck pain and back pain, and there's countless studies on the efficacy of that. I mean, that's, that's hands down proven over and over and over. Um, and most chiropractors, here's, I'll say this, what come to my mind is, you know, the profession in general because of our training and diagnosis, it is like, we know when to refer, you know, there's often this stigma that's like, oh, you don't know when it's not a chiropractic situation or it needs additional help, you know, like, no, uh, if you're having a, a, a prostate issue now, I don't, you know, I'm not your guy. Now could chiropractic by optimizing your nervous system affect that function? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you can go into any anatomy book and read the innervations of the nerves and see that may influence it, but I can't tell you directly it will. Now, we see case after case of people responding in various areas of their life and their body, you know, where it's it's unequivocal to them like this made the difference. Yet, if I can't quantify it and do a double-blind placebo-controlled study, then that's not going to work for people. Um, and honestly, just knowing, but most chiropractors know when to refer, get outside consultation. But, uh, you know, so it, it gets to be a slippery slope. I wish there was a st- a more of a standard, but you're dealing with people. You're dealing with people that practice it and people that come in for it. And so it's uh, challenging to create a standard where we're all not the same. Now, we all have a lot of tendencies in the nervous system that are the same. And so all that stuff, yes um but going in like you do i mean to maximize and that's why that's why i go i mean I, yeah do i have pain i'm beat up nicked up even ironically from treating so many people but that's what keeps me going and keeps me more vibrant more vital you know it's a vitalistic approach not not a not a mechanistic approach to living no different than hey do you just eat crap until you get sick no do you wait for your teeth to hurt to brush them well, no, you wouldn't have many teeth, <laughs> you know? But yet it's funny how people are like, well, that makes total sense. Yet if it said, hey, you should get chiropractic regularly, well, why? Well, I don't, I don't hurt. Why would I need to? I, you know, I have people all the time. Oh, well, hey, I, I never needed, I never, I haven't needed a chiropractor. Well, in my mind, that's already like, what do you mean everybody needs a chiropractor? But here we go. So you can see the rabbit hole that you can go down here big time
0: well yeah and I find it so fascinating right I would have even said prior to right now you go to chiropractor because you need your back aligned I would have never thought nervous system function right like certainly understand the spinal column and the nerves that run up and down that but that was never like literally it's as I go it's like no I'm, I'm getting my my spine aligned because it feels better right my hips are tilted because of the way I drive in the car and you know the left like I just I don't want any of that stuff to happen but it's not structural imbalances. It can be, but it's also nervous system function and optimization.
1: Right. Right. Do you want to, you know, do you want to just keep getting new apps for the phone or do you want to upgrade the operating system? I mean, come on. That's, it's literally like that. I said to a patient the other day, it was pretty, is kind of crazy. At least the kids that I treat as, you know, the younger kids and they all get it. It's like, you know, sometimes when your phone, you, you just, for whatever reason, all of a sudden it just won't respond. Or the app won't open or whatever, what does everybody do? Typically, right? One of the first things you're gonna do if you can't, if it doesn't clear up, is you're gonna like reboot it. You're gonna, you know, reset the phone or turn it off, turn it back on. And for us, we're trying to essentially reboot your nervous system. I mean, it may be running, but is it running at 70%? Like your phone at times? You know, what do we need to do to get you more back online? And by the time that you know that. You only know that many times, right? If you're symptomatic. So we want to be ahead of that. Just like, again, I think you could bring that, especially in your world, what you do and what you've done in life you've lived is nutrition, um, fitness, um, the way you study. And I mean, all the brain function, health, biohacking things that you're into and that you do. I mean, it's in close correlation because if you want to maximize all of those, how could you leave that out?
0: I don't think there's a better way to say it, you know, based based off that, like it's, it reframes something that I already do. And I'm, it reinstills in me oddly enough that I need to set a more regular appointment than, oh, I'm thinking about it. I should
1: go in, right.
0: Just talk, Talk
1: about going, you know, date nights or going on a date with your wife regularly and notes to your significant other, your kids and all those things. Like what, to me, it's, it's just that obvious. Now I get it that it's not that obvious. And if you think about it for Western medicine, and some of my close friends are, are medical doctors, but still most of Western medicine is still symptom-based. It's, it's like, okay, you get sick, then you go get something. You, you know, it's always more reactionary and addressing it. So that's why the paradigm is so hard, you know, hard for some people to grasp. They're like, well, and even the way I grew up, right? It was, it, well, we hear this, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, you know, if you're not bleeding, you're fine. It, it's like, it's all these things, all these stories get instilled in us that don't really lead us to be proactive in that area. And then there's a little bit of that, like, Hey, these, I don't even know what this is. You know?
0: Well, certainly. But if I go in for surgery, I don't know what the hell's going on either. Right. I'm,
1: Isn't I'm that just, crazy.
0: Yeah. I have no idea what they're doing. I just trust the fact I'm going in. I come out, I'm stitched up. I'm probably going to heal and be okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you signed the waivers too, bro. <laughs> that, that, that is a true statement.
0: So I appreciate you sharing the knowledge on, on the chiropractic world, right? a little backstory on your life, but now I feel like it's only fitting to get into our personal backstory, right? Well, I guess I should segue in before I take you as you're listening down this route. There was a point in your life where either things weren't working or you thought there was a better way to operate, right? That there had to be based off of, how hot you were burning, how much you had produced, all the stuff that was going on, all the drinking, the partying, the stuff, right? Because there's an inflection point where you started seeking out, as you've said, mentors, coaches, someone to expand your capacity and what's possible.
1: Yeah. And I'd always done that around business. I had been um, diligent there. And I think growing up uh, around some good farmers, uh, good men, they instilled a lot of things in me, definitely a work ethic. Um, they were entrepreneurial before I really knew what that was. And so I just, I watched and observed some of that growing up. I had to be held accountable, you know, to my own things and buying my own stuff from the time I was 12, you know, buying my own work boots and managing my money and doing those things. So I went, went from that to, again, building the business and investing in the coaching side. But I got to the point and really one of the low points and you know, this for me was when my oldest son, uh, who has struggled with drug addiction, um, you know, and we had this whole thing of him living 700 miles away and and me trying to see him and all of these things. And, and people never knew that I chartered a private jet to go like catch a high school football game, that kind of thing. Um, that was all coming to a head and he had moved here and as Drake began, um, having more challenges then that we thought were all solely drug related. We come to find out now, you know, there's a mental illness side and really that's more the front piece. The other are kind of symptoms, I <laughs> do we'll go back to chiropractic, like one of those is the driving factor of the other. But in any case, when that was going on and I'd lost some money, I'd lost some friendships, I'd lost all of this stuff. And here I was, so I had all that everybody thought thought was great on the outside and I could still pull it together in the office, come in and see a ton of people, could still make uh, plenty of money, could still do all those things, two little boys and Drake. But, you know, my marriage was, was actually by most standards, very good, but it was, it was on the edge and I just didn't know it. And it all, you know, the nights of laying on the guest room floor from two or three in the morning when I woke up the first time till the sun came up, and trying to sort through all this in my head, I was like, "There's got to be something different for me. There's got to be something better than this. Um, this is not the, you know, this is not the way it's supposed to be." And then that escalated even further with his stuff, and and then Paige getting ill, and some of these things have been documented before. You know, Paige getting sick because of all the stress and demand, and the the chaos in the house, and the rehabs, and the money spent, and the just total shit show around all of it that she looked at me one at one point and was like, I, you know, I don't know how long I can do this. And that was a woman who she is, she is, and was extremely loyal. Like I believe that day she actually said, as we used to refer to it, the D word <laughs> because she would not like divorce wasn't even in her vocabulary, but she looked at me at that point and was like, "I, you know, I don't know. And it wasn't really about me; it was just all of it. And I was like, "That—that that was uh, one of those defining moments, so that that really pushed me over the edge uh, to do something different." And through
0: seeking things out, right? We're both partial products of the same environment, mm-hmm. where Wake Up Warrior came into your, you know, peripheral, right? That there was there was an inflection point that you just described that ended up being the segue into let's go to a warrior
1: week. Yeah, but let me let, with the crazy part about this. I'd love to say, yeah, you know, she said that and I realized I was going to lose her and everything and I needed to make this big shift. So that's exactly what I did. That wasn't it. What really happened was that all still went on and I still tried to muscle it for a little while. And then one night sitting in my media room on my laptop at about 3am. No, I was not surfing porn. I wasn't doing all the other things. It may have been, I don't maybe is a better option. I don't know. But what I was doing at the time was, guess what? Looking for more business shit to do. I was looking for clarity around money and business of all things. And I ran into a program that I later on chose to do, which was great on the financial piece, but they had uh, other pieces in it around your sole purpose. And, and it just dove much deeper into the whole you and through a chain of events met several different people um that then led me to warrior so warrior wasn't off of uh Garrett's infamous um you know bridge video in Vegas it was I got led through those channels over a process of gosh I don't know maybe over a year and then saw something like okay yeah then I was ready so I wasn't exactly an early adopter, but that's how I got there.
0: Well, I love that story specifically because of you saying you were sitting in your media room at three o'clock in the morning trying to solve more business shit. It is my the belief, one
1: area that actually worked.
0: Yeah, it's, it's my belief that the majority of the clients that come to me personally come because I want to produce more. I, I, I want to make more money. I want to have more abundance. I want to have more success. I want more stuff. I love that. Bring it on. Like, what do you want to produce? Let's let's go get it together. But what we find, or what I found, is there's always a a cycle that they run, where it's not even a build and burn. It doesn't have to be that extreme. It's just like you feel on cloud nine because you reach the next stair step and things feel better and you have a different perspective. But then after six weeks, six months, six days, six hours, you're bored again because there's not the next. You're like you've already seen that stair. Now you got to find the next stair. Well, the problem isn't the damn staircase the problems the guy walking on the staircase (laughs) there's endless stairs like and so it's it's very interesting to hear that what you were searching for that led you into warrior which is ultimately where you and i met
1: right yeah, and I see it true. I know you see it with you know, the people that I coach, whether it's inside the profession or or outside. It's the same thing. Again, what they usually want to come in for and think they need, and I'm like, look, I'm not here to help you build a million dollar practice and burn your marriage down, or drink yourself. I run, the irony of uh, you know being in a healthcare profession. And by the way, I'm not against drinking. Um, I I still drink on occasion. I don't drink a lot, but at one point I drink it ton. But so there's no judgment coming from that, but it, it, there's the incongruencies that show up. Uh, and and that's like you said, is back to the man or the woman that's actually walking on the stairs. And that's, that's where my challenge was. So guess what I was going to do? I was going to play to my strengths, which in a lot of situations is great. But in this one, all I'm going to do is, you know, I love this. It was one of my favorite quotes. Um, and I don't know who to give the credit to, but it was any strength overutilized becomes a weakness. Yeah.
0: Wow. Look at that.
1: And I, and I pushed, I was pushing it to the nth degree to where it was actually becoming the problem for me. Like work was my sedation. I was good at it. Yeah. I mean,
0: we still chat back and forth enough to know that I'll say that I still struggle with that consistently, right? Like I love what I do. I love showing up. I love the podcast and the clients and the stuff. And prior to hopping on this interview that you're listening to now, we sat across from each other and he said, I'm worried about you either running too hot, burning it all down. I don't forget the exact vernacular you use, but something along the lines of slow the fuck down. Like I'm worried about you going too fast.
1: Yeah. Because I thought I went hard until I met you. And I was well, like, okay, when we started coming together and knowing each other, I was like, holy shit. Okay. First of all, this guy's younger than me. Second of all, he outweighs me by, I don't know, like 60, 70 pounds. It's like a brick shit house. And then he, he works this much with this much drive. Like this guy's pissing me off. Like he's, he's, he's challenging the hell out of me, <laughs> which is funny as shit to me. So n-
0: now we can get into the fun part. If it, The first time, if you've been a long-time listener, you've heard this story a multitude of times. I need to run through it just in case you haven't. The second Warrior event that I went to was something called Warrior Con. Right now, I'll preface this with I'm no longer in Wake Up Warrior. I think endless high things about Garrett J. White and everybody there. It just served me for the time period it served me. So I'm not trying to pimp you into anything Wake Up Warrior that it has... From what I understand, Warrior Weeks are now done, so you can't even go buy into that if you wanted to, right? There's some shifts going on there, just as a little aside. The second event I went to was Warrior Con that was out in, as it always is, Laguna Beach. I'm there. At some point, I had become connected with Dr. Buffington and a bunch of other Warrior guys via social media. Now, we didn't know each other, right? I'm falling from afar, just as many of you may do to other people. I'm at warrior con at that point, my best friend, miles, right? He, he and I were really close. I said, you know, let's go. It was something where I had bought the black book and went through this series of things and could get an extra ticket, basically complimentary or for 197 bucks, some sort of, you know, add on upsell something, right? There, there was some way, but I got the extra ticket. I got it from miles and said, look, man, we got to go out to this. Cause he was on that path of searching for more. And at that point, that message was just touching me so deeply. Now, my relationship with my wife has never, other than when I cheated on her when we first got started getting together, right? And the lies of that time. At the point that I went to Warrior, my relationship was great. We, we were consistent sex. Everything is good. There's, that's not been my failure point. My body, I would have said, was pretty solid, right? Like, I would have said my business was pretty good. I didn't have a relationship with God, but I didn't know what that was. I didn't, it didn't at that point, quote unquote, matter to me. So my life wasn't broken. It wasn't, I didn't feel like I needed repaired. I also didn't feel like I needed fire poured on something or gas poured on a fire. I just felt called to connect to the group of people. I didn't even know what the group of people was about. I just needed a tribe. And so we show up, Southern California, and there's a point at this event where Dr. Buffington and his son Drake that you just heard about end up sharing stage time together an incredibly impactful moving moment from my standpoint where there there's this backstory there's the frustration there's some tears there's this bonding there's I, I can't explain what it is to see th- at that point 250 or 300 men in a room with you and your son on stage and it's just it's raw there's there's all the pieces and parts and can you paraphrase that? I know you can't go back and recreate that moment, but I would do it on, it would be very unjust for me to try to explain what you walked people through in that moment.
1: Well, there's some really good video on it. <laughs> it's not out there in the public, but I have it. Um, you know, it was, I, I delivered that ta- a talk actually around the body component. And because of being a chiropractor, I was one of four people that delivered a talk on the body. And, you know, while we were talking about, you know, the half point of fitness and the half point of fuel every day, you know, I went into a story of Drake, you know, where we had him in a rehab and I get a call at one thirty-seven that night, like, Hey, you got to come like get him. And I'm like, like, I got to come get him. Like, what does, what does that even mean? I'm an hour and a half away. What does that mean? Uh, and to skip to the end of that where You know, he had got himself in a bad situation in the facility. The facility didn't feel comfortable having him there anymore. He was all ramped up. And I show up in the middle of the night um, with my sister to try to transport him somewhere, which I knew was going to be bad. And I show up with, you know, sheriff deputies and um, security people and an ambulance and all this stuff trying to get him. Uh, to To leave the facility basically, and we we accomplished that, and Drake you know left there with about 190 over 130 blood pressure as a what was he at the time 20 22 maybe I can't even remember his age. transport him to a facility, and then so we this you know carried on through the night and into the next day, and involved hospital security and local PD, and at one point a plainclothes judge and just if you can imagine chaos in an ER, just just go ahead and let your mind run wild because I can't walk you through it right now. But in that, my whole talk was about you know you think you're just showing up to get a workout in. You think you're just drinking you know your green smoothie or taking your nutritional supplements and eating cleaner to be healthy. You think you're going to your chiropractor and getting adjustment just so you feel a little bit better um, and you need your neck or your back cracked. Yeah, I love that. Um, And what you're really doing is you're preparing yourself. And in my view, I was preparing myself for the ability to be up for uh, 36 hours straight, dealing with a crazy amount of emotional things going on for me because of him, stuff going on for him, then dealing with legalities, then dealing with healthcare and that environment and regulations and requirements and facilities and finances and like life to me, life and death stuff. Like, so don't give me your shit about wanting to eat better and train. Like for me, that's when the body and the weaponization of my body mattered more to be able to grind it out when it really mattered to someone and so when we came on stage that day and I always appreciate Garrett doing that Drake was in the back of the room helping out he was in a much better spot that had been months earlier and he was doing really really well and they allowed him actually ask him to come and assist and help out And so he was in the back of the room I got to deliver that went into that story you know a lot with his permission I didn't ask for his permission today, but I've asked him for permission so many times. Like, look, we, we don't profess the truth without just like laying it out there. Um, I'm not running from it. He's not running from it. So it's just part of our family. And, uh, then Garrett calling him up and getting to share that time on the stage for, cause he was on a good run then. And he's had some challenges since, uh, overall still more good runs. And, and that's, that's what that was about that day. And, uh, you know, getting to see some of the, the, the pain for me and, and a lot of the, yeah, it still comes up. Mm -hmm. Still, still comes up. Um, you know, so the pain for me as a father is one thing, but the, the pain to watch him in, you know, that's a whole different game. So, again, working out for me is a whole different deal. And, um, that's what that message was all about. And again, I can't, I can't even shut down the emotion amount. So you can imagine that room of 300 or two 300 men. And I trust me, it was about a what? 22nd spot. And I was spitting and crying and all over the place. And then Drake brought to the stage and doing some of the evolutions that we do there and everybody kind of anchoring that in. I still get comments to this day from people I've never, I've never even met from that event. Uh, And again, it just evokes this in me. So um, that's that's where we were at that day, Ryan.
0: Well, I love it because I too in that moment I'm sitting in the front row off to the right-hand side. Again, I want to share... We didn't know each other. I don't believe we'd ever had shared a word before, but I'm in the very front row. The person next to me is miles, who also had been at that point in his life clean for give or take two years. I'm in tears because you're talking fitness, which is my language. Plus the love you have that you have for your son. I'm feeling the same love for miles. that's next to me. And it's just this thing, right? There's this connection. At some point, I'm sure it was in brief passing, but Miles wanted to go up and talk to Drake and talk to you, and admittedly, so did I. I think everybody in the room wanted to. That's how it works at an event like that. We said hi, probably exchanged pleasantries, but there was nothing more than a fleeting moment, right? It's, Miles shared some of his stuff. There was a little bounce back and forth, and that was that. Fast forward, that would have been... No, November. it would have been November. It was right around Thanksgiving when that was.
1: Correct.
0: Fast forward into March. March 3rd, I get the infamous text message that my best friend has died, miles. right? And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my shit. So on the backside of that, there's this rush of emotion. And fortunately, at that point, from you know being a large stature guy, connecting with people inside that warrior, what I'll call brotherhood. I was overcome with messages, right? As I'd shared some of this on social media and I, I couldn't say if who message and what would the messages were, it's not that relevant, but that then segues into, as I would refer to him, coach Sam, but now more Sam philosophy inside of wake up warrior reaching out and literally, I think just sharing condolences, right? Cause we all, you know, when there's only 300 people in a room, you end up knowing everybody and that turns into me going to warrior week. Right? I've shared that story that says, look, Miles died, it's a gift, you can't see it yet. I'm going to actually contribute some to your tuition to have you show up here because just look at it as a gift from Miles and it's just, I just know I'm supposed to do this. Well, in my household, I don't get to make any decisions above a certain dollar amount without running them by my wife. So I said, I'm honored, I'm flattered, I don't know what to say because I don't know that, like Sam is such a, a strong personality that I... Never had seen him in this loving, caring frame. It just I hadn't been exposed to him in that capacity. Hang up with him. Check with the wife. I'm sobbing. She's sobbing. She's like, go. Great. Well, I don't know what going to Warrior Week means. I just know I just committed and paid some money for it. I have some ideas because at this point, I do have a plethora of friends that have been through Warrior Week experiences. It's almost a little bit like Fight Club. One of the rules of Warrior Week is you don't really talk about what goes on at Warrior Week. <laughs> well... I might have a way with words, as you can imagine by now, and I got to know quite a few of the pieces and parts. <clears throat> I should, certainly didn't know all of them. What I could not have imagined is the man that was my coach for Warrior Week during this really divine orchestration, because I don't believe prior to you doing what you did, Warrior Weeks weren't really ran by other people, right? Like, Correct. You you... you if you want, if I wanted to go to Warrior Week, we'll say a year and two years ago, it would have been someone that was internal, like a, a coach inside of the Warrior organization. There was one or two people that might have been qualified at that point. Yes, but, but yet here is Doctor Buffington being given, I will call it the keys to the castle, or you know maybe better better stated, just the whip, so he could lash us with it, which ended up being <laughs> his, his tongue, not physically lashing us, right? But he's got this this way about him, and it's this really crazy thing that that ends up happening. There's a, a lead up into the event. We get there and I distinctly remember, I mean, it's clear as day. We get into, well, side note, I've also shared with you as you're listening, went to ClickFunnel or Funnel Hackers Live. At that point, it was down in Orlando, Florida. I had We had a pre-scheduled vacation to take the family down there for uh, you know, Orlando, Disney, It just so happened that Funnel Hackers Live ended up being in Orlando the exact same time we had our vacation planned. Complete coincidence. As I'm landing in Orlando, one of the guys from Warrior has an extra ticket. Another guy I'm friends with says, hey, stop by. Ah, shit. Okay, sure. I'd love to. Stop by as the man that you are listening to right now, Michael Buffington, Dr. Buffington, Happens to be in the front row right next to me as 30 seconds prior, he's screaming at all of us in the lead up because we're all fucking stuff up. Right. That's what has to happen. <laughs> it's completely deserved. It's, it's what we signed up for. And then we're sitting next to each other, chatting back and forth. And like, I don't know how to act. I don't know if I should say certain things like, do I call him coach Is a doctor? Is it whatever? And the next time I see him happens to be as we start the event. Right? And there's some secrecy around that, not to be coy or vague, just it it wouldn't matter at this point because you can't go experience it anymore. But there's a part where we're all in a, I'll call it a van. We're driving a long distance. And another man that was inside of our particular experience was struggling with his own level of chemical dependency. This is right as we're starting, right? we're We're probably 30 minutes into this everybody's scared shitless. We have no idea what's going on, right? There's it's just how it works. And Dr. Buffington stands up and he's like, why are you here? And you got to stand up in the, in the van and you say, why are you are there? Well, I say why well, I'm there. And in my mind, I was there because miles died and I was, you know, fucked up about it, right? I'm, I'm there because of miles. That's why I'm here I'm here to honor him. I'm here to figure things out. I'm that's why I'm here. Then Dr. Buffington has me still stand up and this other individual gets to stand up and he's already shared why he's there and I get to kind of pounce on him because he's struggling with chemical addiction, he's got kids, and I had just lost my closest friend to chemical addiction, like drug dependency, whatever the proper terminology would be. It's just one of those moments in time that's like seared, like I can still smell the way that automobile smelled. I can see the vein popping up on the left side of your forehead as you're like, Coaching us, I'll, I'll say, coaching us in the van, right? There, there's some things that go on, and I'm I'm painting this story because fast forward, we graduate Warrior Week. These things happen. You know, I made it through. Obviously, very impactful thing. It's something I couldn't be more happy to be a part of. And Dr. Buffington and I become friends, right? Is, I see the pace that he runs at. I see the fury that he has. I see the passion, the conviction, the fire. There's a the kindred spirit to me a little bit, based off of losing Miles and some of the stuff you had in your life with Drake. And there's just this phenomenal alignment, right? And that's we're going all the way back, gosh, to late April, right? April, almost a year today, and close today, right? April twenty first, twenty second, we ended up making it home. And it's crazy. We we leave. This is all in Laguna Beach, so we leave Orange County and i'm on a us air flight right cuz columbus has no direct flights from anywhere so i don't have the luxury <laughs> this guy has and i'm i'm a back of the plane type of guy and i'm i'm sitting back there and i'm looking i look up and this fucking guy is in front of me a uh, first class right he flies all the time i'm it's not a, it's not a money thing it's just he's there in first <laughs> class and i'm i'm texting him like okay can i are we are we equals now like can i say hello can and we end up chatting in the airport and it was just the segue into this what I would call incredible friendship. One of the guys closest to me, someone I'm incredibly honored to get to call a friend and and to learn from, admittedly. And as I have went down my coaching practice route, and it has grown and it is whatever it is right now, last year, late last year, I was offered the opportunity to come to an event for you because the parts that we're skipping over are you've been a coach, mentor, all these things for years and years and years. This isn't like I'm I'm the young pup on the block with, you know, I'll call 18 months or whatever I got under my belt, you know, certainly really diligently focusing on it for the past year. And you've got a run rate of helping and mentoring people, right? And so you say, hey, man, can what do you think about maybe coming down and helping out? Or I don't even know how we got. I think I probably volunteered. I think I said, look, I really want to come and help out. I really like I'll fly down. I don't care what it is. I want to help out.
1: Yeah, I think that's about how it went. Um, for sure, but but I also knew because of the way that you do run and the kind of event that I was putting on, like you were a perfect fit because, you know, I had been working with you the entire way through where week forty seven, and seeing what you'd done there, how you showed up there. I also knew what I was uh, going to pull off in this event for for these um, doctors and how that was going to go down and how so. It was it was a very easy uh, decision for me. I was I was flattered that you're willing to come because you would just lend to to the entire event for what you bring and just your presence and uh, who you are. Um, besides besides your stature, but just in the way that you carried yourself. And you were you know man, you were on a on a run every since you were a strong and uh, that guy I believe before. But man, since we started the lead up to that point i mean you were drastically different too i mean you you put your head down and we're going and going places fast so it was just a natural fit and that was a, a ton of fun to have you there and it just uh you know solidified what i was going to do well
0: i appreciate that to to make sure i'm not leaving you in the dark as you're listening the event was exclusive to just a very niche small piece of the chiropractic community you had to produce at a certain level it was very very specific Not based off of it only being a chiropractic type of event, but it just made sense in that moment in time. And I was fortunate enough to get to spend 10, 15, 20, doesn't really matter how much time, discussing marketing, sales, some of the digital stuff that I know how to do. So I got to not only play a role behind the scenes, right? Polishing people's shoes and throwing away their trash, (laughs) but uh, but I also got to help with uh, spending a little time in front of the guys, which was great. Like, truly enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was like, you, 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 you know, play that down, but your expertise around marketing and everything was so tremendous and you could just come into any room and, and uh, connect with people. But then also through some of the evolutions that we do, I knew that while I was going to put my spin on it and my uh, spin on it, particularly for the profession and, and how that event went down, you, you knew some of these things. You had been through them. So you hadn't um, you'd coach them some, but at that point you'd definitely live them. So we are, right, we talk about living, you know, learning them, living them before you can lead them. So you were already primed and ready. So for some of our evolutions, you were a great fit also.
0: Well, I, I will take that with, with an open heart and I appreciate it. I've, I can say certainly as I'm working on increasing my own ego score, you're damn right. I was a good fit. It, it felt, <laughs> it, it feels good for the acknowledgement, but that then gets us to right now and, through the way that Dr. Buffington and I run and the things that we believe in and the value systems that we have, not only inside of our families, but also inside of our individual businesses. Also the way that we show up in life and kind of our consistent calling to help other people achieve the next level of what I'll refer to as ascension. We have decided to co-host an event and that event gets to take place in Dallas, Texas, not Columbus, Ohio. That was very strategic at the fact of, as you so eloquently stated, there's a direct flight from everywhere in the country that's very affordable to get to Dallas, Texas. Columbus, Ohio is not the same story.
1: <laughs> that was a pretty easy one. Sorry. It just was.
0: I, I get it. It's easy easy for me too. This event is for everyone, men and women. This event is for entrepreneurs if you own your own business. This event is for an entrepreneur if you work for somebody else. This event ends up being a two-day Experience where you'll be required to show up a day before, right? You need to get there the night before the event starts, more than likely, right? We start at nine o'clock in the morning, May 24th. We'll wrap up, I might as well say 9 p.m., it probably even be later, May 25th, knowing how you and I operate. So you're not going to be able to probably leave until the following day. We've got more tips, tricks, things up our sleeves than I would want to lead into. What I will say on my side, and I would love to hear feedback from you. You don't have to have your life on fire to show up at this event, meaning it doesn't you don't have to be burning your life to the ground. If you're on the verge of burning your life to the ground, you absolutely should come to this event. And if you have just burnt your life to the ground, you should have come to the last one. Because there's this thing that happens in a room. The room is large enough to fit 300 people. We're currently limiting tickets to 150. I don't know exactly how many we pre-sold, but there's not 150 tickets left. So You're going to have to make a decision rather quickly on what this looks like. There'll be a link in the show notes on exactly where the sales page is. You're not going to talk to one of us to get signed up. All the questions will be answered and you simply pay at the bottom and you're there. What I know is there's power in community, right? I got called to go to the wake up warrior world, that event, because I wanted community. I wanted to bond with people. The three hundred person event was not an expensive event to get to, but what happened is it forged bonds with men. And well, at, in our event, you know, in Wake Up Warrior, it was only men. It forged these bonds with men that I knew had many of the same characteristics as I would embody. Right? They were there searching for more. They were searching for power, production, productivity. Those bonds I still have in my life right now. You also get to leave with. Tactical pieces to help you live the life you're supposed to be living because I know if you're listening to this show there's something greater that you want to do you're not listening to this because of my great storytelling I do have some phenomenal fucking guests on the show I mean I got this guy you don't even want to know how much money I had to pay him to be on here for an hour but you're not listening to it because of that you want something greater right this is not a massive investment you know it's under 500 bucks to get there You'll leave with more than $500 worth of stuff just for showing up. This isn't like a thing of like, we're not going to retire off of selling 150 tickets to you for this event. What we will do is change 150 people's lives with no doubt. So much so, I'll say it on my side, you get pissed at me for this, but I'm going to say it anyways. If you come to the event and the event ends, you've went through everything and you received no value, zero value. I personally will pull out cash and give you back your money for your ticket. I'll even pay for your hotel
1: room. Oh, I'm all over that. You don't even have to ask me. If you think I'm going to push back on that, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. That's easy. Yeah. and this, this is I have zero hesitation there.
0: I'm glad. We didn't cover that beforehand.
1: No, we didn't, but we don't need to cover that because it, we just don't need to cover that. There's no doubt in my mind. That's and true. that's not, uh, you know, and I, I'm not saying that because of me. I'm not saying that just because of you. I'm saying that because definitely a, a good tag team and a lot of tools and tactics and shit that you can actually apply, right? The biggest thing that we talked about and that we've been taught and we'll say again, like all the information in the world, just like this podcast even if you just consume it and don't do anything with it, well then it's basically useless, but it's going to be impossible for you not to walk away with things that you can implement immediately and apply to your life. Again, I, the, I was, you said it earlier, it's not the walking the stairs, it's the guy or the gal on the stairs. And that's what this is about. This is about addressing that person. So it really doesn't matter what industry you're in. It doesn't matter what stage of your career you said it, Ryan, doesn't matter whether it's burning down, burn up, or, or just, you know, catching on fire, or maybe it's really good and you just want great. Like, I love that book. Good to great. Like, I mean, that there's nothing wrong with that. In any case, there's no doubt in my mind. Guarantee is good here.
0: Well, and as you lean into that part of the conversation, this is not a regurgitated wake up warrior event. If you have went to a Wake Up Warrior event before and you're considering coming but saying, oh, it's going to be the same thing, it's 100% not. We will cover biohacking. We will cover advanced marketing. We will cover systems and processes. We'll certainly cover how to live a life on purpose right? With, that leads to passion, power, and production. right? There's things that we know to do from our own lives that are things that are unique to both you and I. It's not a thing of, oh, well, I went to this thing, so I don't need to come. That's not what this event is. It's not a watered down, rebranding, repurposed. I feel compelled to share that because we both have went through Wake Up Warrior, but Wake Up Warrior does not define any part of the coaching practice that I currently have, right? It's, it's another tool, as I refer to it, that's in my toolbox that when I need to pull out a piece or part, I do it and I give great, great respect and admiration for what he created. But out of the total width of knowledge that you and I have about the various areas of life, that's such an insignificant sliver of the total amount that we pour into somebody. It's just a piece of the equation. Agreed, 100%. And so we would be honored to have you in attendance. Whatever it is you're searching for, I truly believe you'll find there. I don't know if there'll be an aversion 2.0. We don't know yet, right? Part we of the Part of living this life the way that we do is we feel compelled – we both felt compelled to to run one of these together side by side, shoulder to shoulder, and see the magic that comes out of it. And so we're going to do this again May 24th, May 25th, Dallas, Texas. And when the response is overwhelmingly positive, we'll recalibrate and decide if we're going to do another one because at the end of the day, at this event – and how I live my life, and how you've heard me say I believe you should live your life, you need mentorship, accountability, and a plan. You'll leave this event certainly with your plan. You will have your exact plan to live the life you want to live. Some of the people in the room might be able to hold you accountable. Maybe. We would be honored to spend those two days being your mentors. Because that's what this is all about. You learn something, you live it, and then you have to lead it.
1: That's it. And it's going to be two days that feel like four. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. If you think this is a seminar, we're going to sit there and just like doodle on a, a whiteboard and a sheet of paper, like probably stay home. That's not what we do. That's not how this is. We're also not going to kick sand in your face. That's, that's also not what we do, right? There's something in between where you just have to show up to really fully experience what we have planned. Am I missing anything else from your perspective, Doc?
1: No, I mean, uh, it's been great to be on here on the show with you today and just appreciate you as a person, and everything you're doing. And, uh, man, I can't be more excited, you know? And I, I really, looking back, I don't even know how this came up in a conversation. I'm sure with us both, sometimes we have those great things coming out of meditation or out of a workout or whatever it is, whenever the lightning bolt hits, how this actually came to fruition. <laughs> I don't even actually remember that piece, but I'm okay with that. Um, I'm I'm excited we're here, excited uh, to, to make that difference and just now looking forward. I think you covered everything and let's, uh, let's get the folks there that uh, really want to move themselves up a notch. You know. And again, it sounds cliche of being a better version of yourself, but that's really what it's about. It's not about um, anything other than that. And that's a challenge for me. You know, I, I'm often challenged with that. So if you want to, um, that, that's where the relatability comes in. I understand the challenge in that and, and never uh, coaching right from a, from a place that you haven't been. So it's still a challenge for me. And that's why I'm passionate about coaching everybody, uh, whether it be the other doctors that I coach or other people in business to just be, be them and run their business, run their life the way they want. And, and create that environment where they can sort that out and become super clear on what that looks like and and have the action steps to make it occur.
0: I love that. And I feel both of our wives might be mildly frustrated if we don't bring up, they will both also be there. They'll be though. They will play a role in this as well. If you've fallen in love with my wife and what she has to offer, or, you know, Dr. Buffington's wife, Paige, they'll also be in attendance and playing a role
1: yeah, Paige, uh, she's, she's uh, maybe less known and quieter, especially when it comes to social media, but that won't be the case uh, when she hits this stage because uh, she has plenty of things that I'm sure she'll add to some of these stories, some of these experiences. And uh, for some of the men and definitely for some of the ladies, they will get a lot out of it because she is definitely the CEO of our house and runs the hard shit uh, and deals with me and does it like a total badass. So <laughs> I can't wait to see what, what she brings to, to the conversation and equation. And really it not only helps, you know, it can help the women in a lot of sense, but it helps the men to, to, to see that also. And that's the cool part about having Lindsay and Paige involved in, in that capacity. Um, and really shows that, uh, Hey, we're actually doing what we say we're going to do. And we actually live the way we say we're going to, we live. And, uh, there's a lot, lot to be said for that, and a lot we want to share from that.
0: I can't think of a better way to say thank you for being on the show, being a guest. Right, that's such a perfect segue into the fact it's five forty Eastern Standard Time on a Friday, and I have to be home by seven. So if everything else is going to go on the way it needs to go on, this this is this is our show today.
1: Yeah, man. You better wrap it up because like we started the show, like everybody else says, oh, you should work less and and all that. And and that can be true. And you can do that. But here we are <laughs> on Friday. We're not a happy hour. We're doing this. <laughs> and I would but, have it no other way. This has been a, a happy hour plus. So uh, thank you for that.
0: Yep. Thanks again, Doc. Look forward to seeing you here in just six or seven short weeks.
1: Yeah. All right, brother. I cannot wait. I will see you there. back.